Welcome to The Big Interview. The Big Interview from the Customer Experience Foundation is our weekly podcast where we talk to the people at the sharp end of CX and contact centers, the movers and the shakers, the innovators, the disruptors, the people delivering in the real world who share their personal stories of their journey through our industry. This week, I'm delighted to be joined by Paula Constant, CEO of Woven. After pursuing a career as a concert pianist, Paula headed to the bright lights of the city to pursue a 20-year career in consulting and sales and operational leadership in telecoms, financial services and outsourcing companies in the UK, Europe, US and Australia. She counts Accenture, Vodafone, BT and the fintech company Visolution among her experiences and has successfully transformed global contact center and engineering functions of over 4,000 people and over $1 billion revenues. In 2016, Paula was voted Woman of the Year for leading large organizations in the National Every Woman Technology Awards. Paula currently leads Woven as their chief executive, bringing a huge passion for people, brilliant technology, and a personalized customer-centric approach to Woven strategy. Paula has two young boys, Rory and Jack, and lives in London with her husband, Stu. Paula, welcome. It's a pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you. I'm honoured to be here. I'm not sure if I'd call myself at the sharp end, but you know, I'm going to try my best to demonstrate some sharpness um, during our chat. So thank you this, for having me. This is super. So Paula, talk us through your current role. So I am eight months into being the chief exec of Woven. Um, Woven came about a few years ago. It was kind of five companies acquired by Aquiline, a, um, a PE player, um, American PE company, kind of mid-size, um, mid-size probably at the same time that uh, PE companies were starting to think they would get into uh, contact centres. Um, we uh, turn over about 20 million. We've got a thousand people. Uh, we're based in Bristol, Swindon, Ipswich. Um, well, now we're national because we're doing a number of national campaigns uh, working from home. Um, we have an operation in South Africa, BYC, which was originally set up to do quality checks and quality assurance. They've got South African clients, global clients, actually, and you know now some UK business um, through the acquisition. But we also use them um, for our back office some of our finance and HR capability. Um, we've got our own technology T point um, and you know we, we kind of pride ourselves with being you know we're, we're mid-tier, um, we're personal, we're customized, um, we want to be the best we can be at the size that we're at. Um, we wanted to just deliver a real you know caring customer-centric experience so um so that's me and I actually started the job um for the first two months working remotely in Australia because I was transferring back from the National Australia Bank so I had a fun you know um October November December um with you know late night spiders and you know the fear of snakes crawling around as I worked the early hours so it wasn't quite the end to Australia that I imagined but it was equally wonderful coming to work for Woven. 
Fabulous. And what are the current challenges? We don't generally have snakes and spiders in our contact centres, but what, what other challenges do you uh, have you found? No, I have, to, I have to say, taking my kids last week on half term to a sea which doesn't have, you know, all of those dangerous things was quite a luxury. So, um, oh, listen, we've got a ton of challenges. So I think, um, you know, when I arrived, we had a really kind of interesting uh, back office overhead structure. We didn't really have enough people doing the do at the forefront of tech and operations. So we've done a lot to, uh, you know, redress that. Um, I think we were kind of caught in this loop of um, trying to improve our our financial situation to win more work and winning trust. Um, so, you know, I kind of describe it as I've had to do a couple of X Factor rejects uh, auditions to say we've got a great transformation plan, you know, but please believe in us. Um, so, you know, it's a case of, you know, our reputation is growing, but how do you instill belief in, you know, how do you instill the belief in customers to kind of take a chance on you? And it's, you know, it's starting to pay off. Um, so I feel like we've had a really intense eight months of just getting the grip in our business. And now, you know, the belief is starting to come true. And, and what would some of those recent achievements be, Paula? Um, well, we we won a great piece of uh, national work um, in the retail space recently. And it's a combination of our, um, you know, our BPO offering uh, onshore, but also uh, our technology and you know the things that we can do for the tech um, and I think they you know uh, the customer talked to a number of our customers and said you know it really sounds like you care really sounds like you go the extra mile you know you don't throw the contract back at us when we kind of ask for the you know the absurd sometimes you think about how you can do that so you know I think that I think that personalized approach and really putting ourselves in in the customer's shoes you know is, is really really strong and good. And and what about your take on outsourcing in the contact centre industry? Because you haven't come up through the classic um, background that some chief execs in this sector have come through. So how does that compare to other industries and sectors that you've worked in? Oh, listen, um, I mean, I, uh, you know, I kind of came into this this world of outsourcing and I've worked predominantly, you know, I've predominantly run in-house contact centres and I've worked in a couple of uh, you know outsource situations I've obviously managed outsourcers but it was interesting when I kind of met as many people as I could at the beginning and they said oh you haven't worked in this industry have you and I thought you know how different can it be and it is and it's very different you know the dynamics are very different but I'm you know I've been really lucky because I've reached out to a number of uh you know awesome CEOs who even though we're competitors have you know really taken me under their wing and given me some great advice which hasn't compromised our ability to pitch against each other and I you know for me that's the start of us trying to work really collaboratively um you know to, for, for the good of the the industry um I mean the obvious one around you know competing on price um and you know, trying to hold your nerve about the price point and the value you add, you know, um, and I think probably the biggest frustration for me has been, you can do an awful amount of work for certain pitches and and then find out that you never kind of you know stood a chance of winning because you didn't have certain international credentials or certain tech etc. So, you know, I've I've learned a big lesson in you know getting close to all the the movers and shakers, but I, it's also really encouraging to hear you know, people, you know, like you and your role and other people now trying to challenge the way that we do bids, you know, so saying, 
let's get this more systematic you know let's get the feedback out there let's run really fair and transparent you know um rfi rfp processes and give real material feedback so i can i've seen that change even in the last eight months and i can see that there are plans in place um you know, along the line. So, I mean, I'd like to give a real shout out. I know this probably isn't done, but I am the first person. So, you know, I can kind of do what I want really in these interviews, can't I? But, um, you know, Dino Ventrica has been awesome and so supportive and, you know, teleperformance of, of really kind of... Uh, held our hands through certain new things that we're doing and just being super collaborative. So it does show that we can work together across, you know, direct competitors, different size competitors. And, um, you know, I'm, I really want to push into that going forward. And, and I would echo, echo that. Um, I, I, I've been involved in the contact centre industry since the mid, certainly since the late 90s. And it's always been a very, very friendly business. There's never been that, that, that level of animosity, friendly, mm. friendly rivalry. Definitely, but everyone's always been very, very collaborative and very, very friendly. And that, that, I'm, I'm glad that you've picked up on that. Mm, definitely, definitely. Um, what are the recent achievements um, that, uh, that that you've had either personally or with Woven? So, you know, I think I think Woven, we, um, I mean, we've come through our last financial year uh, and... This year, we will have a, you know, probably a, a kind of 30% point step change in our financials, um, you know, kind of moving into a really positive uh, position. So that is great. You know, we've done utter forensics across everything. You know, the winning of new work is great. Um, and, uh, you know, the instilling of belief is, is, is really great as well. I think, um, you know, we've had a few mistakes on the way collectively, and I love the way that we've taken ownership for it end to end. You know, I feel it acutely. Um, and trying to create this environment where we talk openly about mistakes and learn from them is, is kind of really important to me. Um, I mean, I've had I've had lots of ups and downs in my career. I've, I, you know, had some amazing highlights at my time in British Telecom. I remember when I walked in to manage the customer service desk for Openreach. Um, the very first day in my job, I had to prepare for a watchdog expose on how dreadful our lead times were to provision customers and repair customers. And um, I worked for Liv Garfield at the time, who's the CEO of Seven Trent. And you know what I loved about her was she just said, "Right, we are gonna." clear the decks of all these problems in four months you know we're going to clear every long repair job that we've got to do and you know we did it and we had the the whole organization you know people in HR taking calls people in tech going out on engineer visits um and you know we did it we had a brilliant celebration in the BT tower at the end it felt amazing and I mean that principle of being able to deliver just tremendous customer change in short timelines if you if you get everyone focused and um, you know it's just such a huge kind of um highlight for me um, um but also an important lesson on how sometimes things can get so bad in customer service you know you don't really want to walk into a job where you have a, a watchdog you know or a, a regulatory expose so i suppose i've grown up with that quite instilled into me because it was quite a you know i mean slightly kind of traumatic experience at the beginning so um and that is something as an industry. You now, I want us to have a brilliant reputation in outsourcing for working hand in hand with the regulator and just being all over, you know, regula- regulatory guidance and, you know, uh, working in the right way. I think, I think you know, we've probably not got a great reputation and I think we can have a brilliant reputation. Yeah, I, I fully support that. And, and where does it go wrong? What can we learn? Yeah, well, I think, um, I mean, 
I still think it's hard in outsourcing to move away from, you know, the traditional SLAs of uh, PCA and, you know, number of number of transactions completed in the quality metrics. Um, so, you know, I'm doing a huge piece of work with one of our retailers on tone of voice um, and, you know, trying to take some risks around how we move first contact resolution, knowing that we've done the easy stuff, you know, to get to a kind of 60, 70 percent conversion rate. But, um, you know, how we kind of really, truly move the hearts and minds of people. Um, so, you know, there's obviously incentives and, and processes, but. You know, there's a lot to do in that space. And I think um, in, in some cases, you know, we're still not directly incentivized to do that. And I think we need to take the leap and offer that up. Um, you know, and I think it's possible to deliver both. I think you can deliver the, you know, the the, the kind of uh, the parameters of your volume metrics as well as the value. And that that is what uh, companies are looking us, you know, for us to do, you know, just completely own the way that we think about the customer, talk about the customer, everything that we say in our correspondence um, and, you know, close down, close down problems within a day if we can. So that, that has been yes. a huge focus yeah. for me, probably, or definitely in retail, but certainly, you know, from my telco and, um, you know, probably more the utilities experience that we're trying to drive through really hard in Woven. And are there any companies or, or people who you particularly admire? You know, what, what are they doing that uh, we should know about or that we can learn from? Yeah, so I, th- I mean, oh, yeah, this is this is a tough question, actually, because there's so many different slants on it. I think, um, I mean, anyone, anyone kind of working in, I mean, shall I call it modern tech, you know, cloud-based tech, more agile tech, more kind of Lego in a box tech. You know, I've been through, I've been through some really challenging migrations away from the the classic you know uh genesis setups and other big players onto to some of the more um up and coming um infrastructure uh and probably the biggest lesson i learned is um you know if you want to if you want to have something that's a bit more plug and play um and and uh i guess more agile tech you've got to have the people on your side of the fence so you've got to be able to access the people to to actually do the customizing um you know that was a huge lesson that i learned over in in national australia bank um moving off moving off genesis you know probably in a country where there wasn't as much um high quality contracting technology resource to bring in to to kind of help with the translation and also where you've got really complicated um routing requirements i mean i ran a call center out there where 50 percent of the calls i routed out to you know a number of other contact centers so the acd capability was really really important to me so you know i learned i learned a lot of lessons through that that transition and i wasn't even there at the inception of it so um you know that i mean that's been a huge kind of growth area for me um but yeah i mean you know my favorite customer service is probably um uh photo box uh where they have i mean in all honesty like i can say this because um i've got a friend that works there now so i've you know learned a bit more about them but you know their app was dreadful and they had to get rid of their app and move back to mainstream website um you know uh they've had problems with their distribution but their customer service goes just to the ends of the earth to solve problems you know i just found them super responsive and you know, super amazing, uh, you know, to, to communicate with and resolve uh, every challenge. Um, so, you know, that's one that's one that probably uh, stands out to me. 
Um, I'd love to say it's the companies I've worked in before, um, but I think there are still kind of huge challenges with big bureaucratic um, and complicated, uh, you know, FTSE companies and there's more that needs to be done in, in customer service. And hopefully that's that's a place where we can play a part from an outsource perspective. Super. So, so what's next? What's the future? What should we be looking out for? Well, from I think from Woven, um, so we are building a lot more on our tech. So uh, we've done a good, you know, we've done a huge migration through COVID and I kind of walked in on the back of this. And I mean, that is an ambitious thing to do. It's probably one of those situations. Do you carry on? Do you pull back? You know, what do you do? How long is COVID? I mean, COVID wasn't even really understood as a, you know, as a true concept in March. And so, you know, by the time we got to June and July and, and the world was much more, first on the pandemic you know we were already you know closing out quite a difficult migration so now that we've spent a bit of time um you know really tightening up our tech we're going to be growing a lot in the customer experience space um, we're going to be building more on our speech analytics capability we're going to be moving into um micro scheduling and you know kind of uber style shift allocation as well so um you know so we're really excited about what we're doing in the tech space um we're trying to do a lot more in terms of, uh, you know, social and economic development in terms of where our people are sourced from and how we source our people and how we work with, uh, you know, local councils and government to put a brilliant people proposition together. And the other thing that we've done in Woven is we've we've just advertised for a, a chief diversity officer and a chief uh, mental health officer. And, you know, it's, um, I mean, we're a pretty small company, so it's going to end up being part of someone's role. But we're trying to go across the whole organisation and say, you know, take these out of an HR function and can we have someone that can hold their post for, you know, a year or so and, and make a real visible people difference, uh, you know, to our business. So, you know, there's some of the things there's some of the things that we're looking at uh, in terms of Woven as well as kind of consolidating our South African presence and seeing, you know, how else we grow other what other skill sets we grow out there as well. Um, so that's that's kind of what you can see from Woven, I think, going forward. Uh, and what do you think clients are going to uh, want, need and expect over the next couple of years? So, I mean, I think we can all see uh, whether they wanted to or not, there's been a huge transition to online and um, chat, you know. So, uh, but, you know, there's also an equal... Um, reliance on really good quality voice you know so complex voice um and i think i think they will be prevalent in equal measure you know we can already see customers wanting to bring back um i guess both you know mainly voice and some uh, online activity from asia because they struggled so much through uh, the pandemic trying to get work from home set up um, and I, you know i personally had to insource some work um you know, during the pandemic, because it just couldn't be managed um, for months on end. Um, so I think you can see that trend. You can see work moving back from Asia, some some into the UK. You can see the predominance and, you know, kind of growing predominance in South Africa. You know, Cape Town's more saturated. People starting to move out to Durban. Um, so, I mean, those trends are quite, are quite strong. You can see uh, the US moving a bit more to South Africa as well. Um, and then, you know, then I think it's still going to be right first time, brilliant customer experience. You know, how do you get rid of repeat transactions? How do you close down, um, you know, difficult transactions? People just aren't prepared to wait. Um, and they're definitely not prepared to wait on, on phone lines anymore. So I think we'll see more of that. 
fabulous. So as you know, we always like to ask our guests to reflect and help those coming up through the industry today. So you can go back to being 25 or 30 again. What advice would you give to your younger self? Well, I mean, you know, the first thing I'd say is, why did I fail as a concert pianist, right? Because I, um, I I switched careers at 24 and went into the city. But, um, I mean, it's a question, you know, my mum is desperately proud of me, but she's always quite disappointed that, you know, I'm not playing on some main stage. So, um, so you know, that will be a continue, continued reflection through my 40s to 50s. I've become a really good accompanist now. So, you know, if there's anyone out there in the industry that needs a really good piano accompanist, you know, I think I've found my, I think I found my new niece. Um, but I mean, I've had a great career. I mean, I've worked in every permutation of call centre, you know, um, and pretty much, uh, you know, every uh, every continent as well. So there's nothing I change. I think about my experience, but I would, um, I, I definitely back ended some of my um, uh, non UK working. So moving out to Australia, you know, with young kids. Um, Sounds great, but given that I want to finish off my career in the UK, so I probably did some of those things a bit, bit of the wrong way around. Um, you know, I did spend a big chunk of time in India in my mid to late thirties. Um, you know, with various outsourced call centres. Um, at a point when you know I was trying to start a family with my husband. So I mean, there's some big lessons in there about needing to physically be in the same location as the other person to accelerate. You know. Um, uh reproduction but anyway i mean they're, they're you know they're, they're kind of so i probably just did it the wrong way around a little bit but um i would um if i could go back to being 25 i would go more heavily on tech you know i'd have learned to code i would have immersed myself in new tech i think i would probably have tried to invest earlier in you know new technologies and particularly new call center technologies coming through um and, you know, I mean, there's uh, there's no way to avoid technology if you don't like it in a call centre business. I mean, I love it anyway. But, um, you know, I kind of wish that I'd paved more of a CTO um, route to the top, um, although, you know, the commercial and operational route is, has been fab as well. So, you know, that's probably, you know, live abroad, live abroad earlier, uh, be in the same country as my husband at the critical time and uh, learn more tech would be my key lessons. Fabulous. And how do you unwind and escape from it all? Tell us a few things about you that we wouldn't know from looking at your LinkedIn profile. Uh, well, you know, I've talked about my piano. I'm a keen sportswoman. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, mixed netball is my is my big passion. Um, haven't played it for a while, um, but hoping to kind of embrace that post-pandemic. Uh, I've got two little boys, you know, they're they're five and three um, and they are, you know, my my life. And I try really hard in spite of my job and the hours to role model walking them to school, you know, being there for a couple of hours in the evening. Um, and, I, you know, I just think it's I think it's so important. I'm a huge champion of diversity and I'm actually thrilled that I've got two boys um, because, you know, that's the best way to to promote particularly gender equality. So. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's full on, you know, as you can imagine, with two crazy children. I can I can well sympathise. OK, Paula, <laughs> leave us with your final thoughts. You can wave a magic wand and fix everything about customer service, the world of CX, the world of call centres. What are you going to do? Well, uh, the big thing, and I mean, these, you know, it's a big priority that I haven't really talked about is... Um, is flexible working you know so um everyone's talking about the hybrid but 
but how do we really push into all the benefits of work from home, you know, and flex between work from home and work from the office? And that, that you know, my, my vision is that Uber style model where you can have a core workforce, you can have a flexible workforce, you know, you can ramp up and ramp down as volumes require and you can give everyone kind of complete flexibility um to mold their life around work you know that that is the that is the nirvana we're in a better place as outsourcers than in-house companies i believe to to make that happen um because we we hopefully are surrounded by less of the bureaucracy of a let's say a FTSE 100 company um you know that that, that has uh, predominantly in-sourced uh, capability um, you know, with zero-based contracts and, you know, more flexible ways of engaging people um, and, you know, more ups and downs and demands and campaigns that we can move from. So I'd love to see us pioneer something in the UK, um, you know, that really gives that amazing people proposition. Paula, it's been fascinating having you with us today. I hope our listeners have found this as insightful as I have. You can find out lots more about the Customer Experience Foundation at cxfo.org. We thank you for joining us at the Customer Experience Foundation today, and we hope you can join us next time on The Big Interview.